This week on the Men at the Movies podcast, we jump back into video games with Free Guy. We have the capacity for change and growth, but it's only activated when we experience our creator. The truth of the gospel is that you could be more. Your life could be fuller. And we've been given our freedom for a reason. To become love letters from God to a world in need. Put on the sunglasses, step out of the background, and become a player as we discover God's truth in this movie. The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways. Every great story borrows its power from a larger story. The story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Hello and welcome to the Men at the Movies podcast. My name is Paul McDonald and coming to me live from Atlanta, home of the World Championship Atlanta Braves, Britt Mooney. Hey man, how you doing? Oh, <laughs> right. Chopping away. Um, I'm doing well. I'm a little tired uh, because we are recording this the day after they kept me up late into the evening and into the morning by winning the world series. It's worth it, but I'm, I'm a little tired, but other than that, I'm, I'm awesome. How are you doing? Well, also tired, uh, was up late, but for an entirely different reason, uh, had some guys over, we hung out around a fire pit cause it's actually getting cold these days and may have had a couple bourbons. Uh, may, there may have been cigar and pipe smoking, you know, just like yeah. general Atlanta festivities these days. Go. So there you go. So we are diving into new stuff. I'm breaking Brit's habit of delving <laughs> back into the seventies and eighties. I said, ghostbusters and Halloween was enough. We got to get some newer <laughs> stuff to average it out. Wait, this one was my idea though. Well, it might have. I think you saw it. And you're like, dude, you need to watch it. And then I watch it. So we're talking about Free Guy. And as yeah. always, if you don't want to know how the movie turns out, don't listen. Because <laughs> we're going to talk about the movie. However, movies like this, as I had shared with Alan Arnold, I was like, oh, man, I really like this movie. He was less enthused. <laughs> He's like, it's fairly predictable. The antagonist, uh, Taika Waititi was kind of a character of a bad guy, but it's not quite as uh, well done as when he was Hitler and Jojo rabbit. Right. No. So we're talking about free guy. And last week we talked about ready player one. I was like, Oh, we should clump these together. Cause they're both not necessarily ready. Player one's more of a virtual reality game or I mean, a virtual reality movie more than free guy, which is more video games. I don't know about you, Britt. I, I love, playing video games growing up like space invaders dodge them we didn't we never got pitfall i don't know how we avoided pitfall oh my god pitfall was huge uh and then mario brothers and I sp we had very many late nights in college playing mario kart Ooh. and uh yeah yeah we did the atari we did the yeah. atari when i was young there's a long story about that but we we got we did get an atari and you know, we had the basic games uh, like Pitfall. Pitfall was huge. And then uh, and at some point, you know, my brother and I and my family, we didn't get into like the new station things like PlayStation, not PlayStation. What was it like Nintendo? The Sega Genesis. Se Sega. Like we didn't get into all that stuff. Um, but we got more. My brother and I got more into like video games on pc like right. pc gaming so uh, we were big into the star wars stuff and of doom course. and um and some of that stuff duke like we were, we were oh duke nukem was awesome so we were big into a lot of that, that was stuff. the first game that i remember this was in the mid 90s and we would play on two different laptops and you'd have to connect them by a cable but you could play again and try to shoot and kill each other first yeah. time because you know internet was super new that wasn't happening but and it was awesome because you just uh, would, were trying to kill the guy across the room from you. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. And so, and obviously we went to arcades and did that stuff. Oh, yeah. And of course, my kids are now the ones really into video games. So uh, although my kids don't play some of the video games that 
they're kind of basing this off of, um, you know, in the, in the movie, right. uh, most, you know, no, Grand what's, Theft what's, Auto. yeah, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Our, our kids don't really do that, but you know, some of the other ones they do, uh, the first person shooters and some of the other stuff. So, so, yeah. and, and my kids are aware of them enough that they really got into the movie. So yeah, good stuff. So Brit, why, yes. when we, when you watched the movie the first time, what was it about this movie? And Alan's right. It is predictable. The enemy, the bad guy, the uh, antagonist is much like Dr. Strange is forgettable. You know, when we did Dr. Strange, Marmaduke or Marmadon or whatever his name was, <laughs> he, we didn't care about him. We cared about the other story and a very similar here. So when you, we talk about free guy, what is it about this movie and this story that really resonated with you that um, I don't know about you. There was a couple of scenes that actually kind of choked me up a little bit. My daughter cried at the end. I mean, when there, there's the whole scene at the end, when they're kind of finally get together sort of thing. I just thought it, yes, it was predictable and it was derivative in a lot of ways, but it was actually well done. Like as, as average as some of it was, it was well done. It was funny. Yeah. Um, Ryan Reynolds was a perfect choice to play it. He carried, he carried it well. It had heart to it. And, and that's what you want in a movie. And I think that's what made uh, real steel uh, a winner in my book is that. Why do you it was bring very, up? Why do you bring up real steel? Well, because it's the same director, it's the same director and uh, it's very derivative and it could have easily been bad <laughs> for a lot of different reasons uh, and yet they put heart into it and they and and i love some of the solutions that that happened and some of the interactions and and just the overall message of of how you get from a life of stability and what seems like oh well i should be happy with this life but i'm not mm. and and that there's a longing that goes beyond this world and, and just kind of the way that sort of played out in the movie, I thought wasn't predictable. That wasn't necessarily predictable. It was fairly original in a lot of ways, even though they borrowed heavily from Tron and from the eighties, uh, in my opinion, it's all about uh, the eighties movies. It's all you, about man. the eighties, but uh, still like as derivative and predictable as some of it was, I thought the heart was real and I thought they played it well and they executed it well and it was fun and funny all at the same time. So no, I, I just thought it would be a great one for us to talk about because how many of us live in that state of survival mode? I'm just trying to get by. I'm just doing what I'm doing. And you're kind of watching other people, maybe on Facebook or maybe in the media, or you're watching other people and you're, and you're thinking, man, they get to have adventures, but I, I don't, they get to, you know, they get to go on mission trips and whatever, spiritualize it or make it however you want, but they get to have these great lives and I'm just stuck doing the same thing every day and, and, and in a, in a rut sort of idea. And so I, I think a lot of people feel that way. I, I think it's a very common thing. And yet there's a part of us that's why we watch these movies, right? That's why we do this podcast because there's a part of us that we want to be part of a great story. There's a part of us yeah. that wants to be a part of something great and not just have great things. Like I said, a few months ago, we weren't, we were created as the movie shows and we were, and we were born again, definitely uh, not to get great things and be safe, but to be a part of a great story, that adventure and that purpose and I just, I felt like the movie really shows a lot of that and in, in a universal way that I think is very insightful. So a little setup, we're going to set up the story a little bit and dive into some of the, the scenes like we always do. <laughs> so Guy is played by Rhino, Rhino, Rhino Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> so Guy is played by Ryan Reynolds of Deadpool fame. Now that's where he's sort of become the super duper star. I remember when he was on two guys, a girl in a pizza place. And I thought he was hilarious back then. Speaking of the eighties, I think maybe nineties. That's nineties. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, 
I love that show. A long show. time ago. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Good luck finding that on the streaming networks. <laughs> um, it lasted like two seasons. So he's guy, right, in a video game. But he doesn't know it. That's just his life. And he's what's called an NPC, a non-player character. So the framework is very similar, like like you we mentioned earlier. It's It's similar to how Grand Theft Auto is set up where you have these random people walking around and you can run them over with a car. You can rob them. You can kill them. You can do all sorts of horrible things. And they're just, they're, they're on a loop. And, and that's, that's another theme that comes up through these movies is these NPCs are in a loop. They wake up at the same time. They do the same routine because they're on a, they're a computer program. However, their programming isn't just this sort of background character because it's based on this other program that Millie, who's played by Jodie Comer, has created. And it's an AI program, so they develop. So they have the capacity for life, for change, for growth. But something has to activate it. This is really important for kind of arc that, that you see and, and as a lesson for us that the original design was for a life of fun, abundance, of growth, of change, of adventure. That was the original design of the program. But then when it was bought by the antagonist, uh, played Sorry, by... He's the guy that, that directed... Uh, Ragnarok and, uh, and and he's great, he's dude, yeah. great movies, great yeah. movies. He's a very creative guy. And, and he actually he's very funny in this movie, as predictable as he is as corporate bad guy who just wants money. You know, like, yes, that's a very predictable right. antagonist. And, and yet what he does is he he kind of puts his own like covering over the original AI program and which in other words, so he takes the AI program that was designed for life and growth and change. And, and what he did is he made it a loop is he, he snuffed all that down. He, he tempered that down and hit it. Yeah, he hit it. So there's a, it's the, the Island paradise, <laughs> you know, not like Eden at all, but where <laughs> these characters originally were based and formed they can't see it. All they see is the city that they live in because there's a sort of like a shield, a mirror. So they can't see into the ocean where the, the, the island is. The original island is. And, and, and for us, I think that's something that we kind of have to deal with on a core level that, that we weren't meant to live in a loop. We were meant to live in a, in an adventure and in a story where we grow and learn and change and things are exciting and scary or whatever. We, we were designed to do, to do that. But what, what the enemy does, the antagonist does in the movie is he, he kind of, you know, deceives that he, he puts a, a lie over that. And then those, those creations are just able to, you know, they just think, well, I'm just, I'm in paradise and I just do the same thing every day. And then these other characters that are coming in, they're the ones that get to have an adventure, right? Mm -hmm. Like these other outside forces get to come in and have an adventure, but they're, but they're hurting people. Right. And yeah. I, I, I just think it's very instructive. I think it's a great lesson for us of the reality that we're in. And, and you can go to the matrix. And like I said, there's, there's a lot of different derivatives of what's, what's happening in this, in this movie. Um, but, but I just kind of love that setup. And and that something happens to Guy in the beginning of the movie where he he has a longing that even though his life is perfect and he says that he says, I live in paradise, that these sunglasses people, which are the players, you know, people who are playing the game, real humans, they get to do anything they want. They're cool. They're heroes. They can do anything. And but I live in paradise. And what more could I want? What more could a guy want? He gets his perfect coffee. He gets his bubblegum ice cream. He gets all the all the he stuff he wants. Works with his and best friend, buddy. Works with his best friend, and yet he's not living an adventure. 
And yet there's something in him that says, man, there's a dream girl out there. So there's something in him that longs for something he wasn't given. And it's something C.S. Lewis said. He said, uh, he said, every desire that we have has a natural fulfillment to it. If I want sex, I can get sex. If I want food, I can get food. If I want sunlight, if I want to, you know, like any desire we have, but where do we get this longing for a perfect paradise world? Where do we get that? Like everything else exists that I want. Why would we want something that didn't exist? And so I love that sort of element to the story. Not that the writer's did that on purpose. Uh, but. Well, and that goes back to our one of our core beliefs here is that every great story echoes the yep. story, you know, the story of redemption, the story of God, the story of the gospel. And what you see is exactly right. C.S. Lewis, like if, if we have desires that can only be met in something outside the world, then the only answer is we must come from somewhere outside the world. So guy works as a bank teller. So every morning he wakes up, feeds his goldfish, eats his breakfast, gets his medium coffee, two sugars on the way to work, hangs out with buddy. And it's interesting, as you said, the, the, the players that come in can do whatever they want. The humans, the sunglasses people, cause they have sunglasses and they look different and they can do things and jump and they just have their loops, but they get desensitized to the trauma. Because there's a scene early on, and we don't, we're not going to play the clip, but somebody comes in waving a gun, robbing the bank, and Guy and Buddy are just laying on the floor talking to each other, acting like no big deal is going on. Like, oh, yeah, right. another, it, it's, it's a routine. Even, even their trauma is a loop. I love that. And I think that's also very instructive. That's, that's a great insight because... And they did do that on purpose, I think, in the movie, because you see it when he's he's eating cereal cereal in the morning and the helicopter is, you know, exploding <laughs> outside his window. And he's just like <laughs> eating his cereal, um, sugar O's or whatever it was. Gunshots, tanks, shots, rocket launchers. All this stuff is happening and he's just walk. It's, gonna, you know, have, don't have a good day, have a great day or whatever. That's like right. he's got his little <laughs> he's got his little catchphrases catchphrase and uh he's got his little catchphrases but the the point is is that how many of us do that too we become desensitized and, and it's because we feel powerless mm. we feel powerless to stop the evil that's going on we feel we feel powerless to stop anything so we just kind of accept it as part of life people right. die they get cancer they you know, they get sick. They, you know, they, they're in accidents and, and, and there's, there, we become desensitized to the chaos, you know, to use an Alan Arnold word, we, we come, we become desensitized to it as if this is normal life. And yet something happens to guy that wakes him up. So it starts with that inner desire that says, there's got to be something more and we all have it whether you're a Christian or not, whatever, whoever you are, you have that longing. And it's one of my favorite lines from as good as it gets. Right. And that's where the title of the movie comes from where Jack Nicholson looks around and he's in the psychiatrist's office. He goes, is this as good as it gets? Is this all there is? Like, you know, like we all have that question, like, but why do we have that question? Right. Back to C.S. Lewis. Right. So he goes from that desire to, to being it being revealed, this other world being revealed to him, which I think is, is so cool that that's the arc of the movie. I really love, I really love that. So while Guy is developing, and I love that we're gonna we're gonna hit this in a few minutes. That idea of why do we get desensitized because we feel powerless, not necessarily because we are, but because we feel powerless. But I wanted to play the clip first because on the outside, you've got the developers. You've got Keys, played by Joe Keery, who's, uh, you know, Steve from Stranger Things. And you've got Millie, who's played by Jodie Comer, as I mentioned earlier. And so they're the designers. They're the ones who developed, they're creators of this game. So they're trying to figure out this guy, literally guy, he's a blue shirt guy. He saw Millie's character in the game and he's struck something happens and he has a quote later on when he discovers that he's an npc a non-player character 
and and because of course you know he falls in love with millie because that's what he's and we'll talk more about that but he says my whole life i felt like there had to be something more and then i saw you and i Mm. knew i was right Mm. and for a second i felt amazing and this he said this after he realizes that he's quote unquote not real but on the back end, Keys and Millie are trying to figure out how did this happen? How did a NPC start playing the game? How is he developing? How is he growing? And so Keys calls Millie and says, hey, I know why Guy came alive. Now, from the beginning, Guy's behavior is much more complex than it should be, thanks to our code. <laughs> but he's still stuck in free city. He's still stuck in this life, this loop. And then something changes. He comes to life. If why? And then I remembered one of the characters from life itself. It's this guy that I nicknamed Lovelorn. And he was someone who was designed to never meet the right person. It was essentially the, the building blocks of the character. But he never stopped hoping that he would meet the, the girl of his dreams. So I had to base this girl off of someone. And who better than the person that I was sitting next to every day? You. But then, one day, he meets you in Free City. And once he sees you, he can never be the same. He was supposed to feel doomed, but instead he feels alive until eventually he is alive. You changed him, Millie. You changed his code. And I think you can do it again. You brought him to life, Millie. You brought him to life. And to me, that's just a picture of our creator, right? Mm-hmm. We're created. Each one of us created with a specific design and something that will trigger us coming to life. You know, cause we were born dead. You know, that's a whole sin nature stuff that we can talk about with the theology things, but we're born dead. We're born under the power of the evil one, basically. Since something has to happen and what has to happen, the creator has to enter the picture. And we have to see the creator and then everything changes. That instance, that seeing the person who designed and created him enabled Guy to come alive. I I love that aspect of it. And it's something I think a lot of Christians don't understand. We kind of invite people to events where we talk at them, right? That's, That's what we think Christianity is for some reason. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus went out and healed people and, and fed people. Like he went out and, and, and they experienced another world intersecting with their own. Because talk is cheap. Because talk is cheap. And so even though he's, he's dreaming about this other girl, right? And his friend is like, dude, you just got to shut up, man. Could you just stop, you know? And he's, he's bugging his friends. Like, there's got to be something more, right? And, you know, oh, man. And, but when he actually sees her, then it kicks something off. That's what he says. He says, it was a dream, but then I, when I met you, I knew I was right. And it's at that moment that he starts to make some different decisions. He starts to deviate from the norm. Yeah, that shift from feeling powerless to doing something. Because if there, if another, if another dream, another life can exist, then maybe I'm not stuck here. Maybe I'm not stuck doing the same thing every day. So maybe I'll order my coffee different. And, and, and it starts to, it starts to break up the norm of other people too. It starts to impact their experience. And so, and and I love the fact that when he passes her, the thing that kind of gets him is that she's singing a song. But it's a song. It's fantasy, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the choice of the song is on purpose, right? Of course. The song is is fantasy uh, by Mariah Carey, right? And 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 all of that comes together. And so it's not just that he one day puts the sunglasses on; that there was a whole process to get to that point. And and God takes us all through that process. We have the longing, we get the taste, and and we we become intrigued. And then we seek it out a little bit more, right? And and it, it doesn't all happen at once. Sometimes it does. Sometimes there's just a boom moment and, you know, you were whatever, killing people and the next day you're loving people. I mean, I don't, <laughs> maybe maybe it can happen that radically, but 
but for a lot of us, what happens is we get that taste, that little, that little word, that little experience. And, 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 and we are the people that can give that to the world. It's, it doesn't happen on Sunday morning. When it happens is when you're at work and your, your coworker who's having a crappy day and you say, can I get you a cup of coffee today? And it may sound stupid to you, but that moment might be like, maybe there is hope. Maybe there is a different, maybe somebody being kind, maybe somebody stopping and being brave enough to pray for, for somebody and, you know, seeing a different, somebody live a different, according to a different world, that makes a difference to people. Seeing a sermon is way better than hearing one. And and, and and we get together, it says in Hebrews that we gather to stir one another on to love and good works. The whole point of us gathering on Sunday is so that people go out and be a sermon, right? That's the whole point. It's not to get people to come to more talking. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's to encourage one another to go out and be the sermon. Because what does, as he, as he, be, as he sort of gains consciousness and grows in awareness, he takes somebody's sunglasses and he sees a world that is previously unbeknownst to him. And all of a sudden now he sees power-ups and he's got capabilities and he can develop and he can level up things that were not possible before. But what does he choose to do? He chooses to go do good things in this grand theft auto world where there's robberies and car wrecks and killings and all this he goes around to do good stuff. He stops mm-hmm. the robberies and he saves the cat in the tree or all these <laughs> other things. But then <laughs> it's a multiplayer game where everybody sort of sees what everybody else is doing. Kind of like world right. of Warcraft or, right, 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 right. or even Fortnite. So as he's going, as, as guy is developing and growing, he says, I have a friend, buddy. He's my best friend. I want to, I want you, I want him to join me. I want to, to do this with him because as you mentioned, sometimes as we're, we've experienced freedom and a transformed life, it's really easy to, to forget about the people that we actually do care about. Cause we're not called to just go off and forget everybody. We're called to be the church is one of the things I hear is that you go out and do good deeds, not because you're like, look at me, I'm a holy roller, I'm awesome, but just because you love the person you're doing that. And this is where I see Guy loves Buddy. And so he goes back into the bank to say, hey, dude, I'm doing this. It's awesome. You should come with me. And and Buddy's response, I think, echoes uh, a lot of people's response when when faced with breaking out of the loop. Well, 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 look who decides to come to work today, huh? Look, where have you been? I've been worried sick about you. What is this shirt? Where's your collar? Where's the rest of the buttons in it? And it's not tucked in. You look sloppy. Matter of fact, you look horrible. Did you pick up some muscles too? Or somebody outside pumping you up? Sorry that I haven't been around, bud. I've been, I've been figuring some stuff out. What do you mean, figure stuff out? It is nothing to figure out. Okay, you go to bed, you wake up, you get some coffee, then you come to work, and then you repeat the same thing tomorrow. The girl. Oh, my God. I talked to her. The, the one with the sunglasses? The sunglasses, yes! I talked to one of the sunglass people, what? and what? now I'm one of the sunglass people. Me? Everybody down on the ground! You're so hot. What if I could tell you that you could be more, your life could be fuller, that you're free to make your own decisions, your own Yo, choices. We are in the middle of something. Quiet time. These puppies changed my life, and they're gonna change yours too. Come on now, you know we don't wear sunglasses. Oh, 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 oh. We do now. My now. Are you kidding me? Put them on. No. Life doesn't have to be something that just happens to us. Right? Just put the glasses on and you're gonna see. You're gonna see. Come on. I can't, okay? I'm sorry. And he can't. As he as he'll say later on, he's scared. But somebody comes in to rob the bank. And before guy just lays on the floor and talks to buddy and 
goes on about his business. This time he says, no, he takes the gun, takes the sunglasses. And, and that's the, the, that's the truth of the gospel. You could be more. Your life could be fuller. Life doesn't have to be something that happens to you. You don't have to feel powerless. But we do. We feel powerless. We see bad things happen. We see our loved ones deteriorate as, as old age and sickness. and Worldwide, bad things happen, right? Thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> it feels powerless. Because we, we can't change the stuff we care most about. But that doesn't have to, that doesn't mean we are powerless. There, there, we do have control. So much of the gospel is painted as come to Jesus and everything's going to work out all right. Your kids are going to behave and you're going to get a new job and a new car and a new house. Just put your faith in him and everything's going to work out all right. No. And sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's like, oh, that's the temptation is the bigger job and the bigger house and the bigger car. Because the reality is life is not in the stuff. It's in the how we deal with the stuff that we're doing. Right? He's like, come on, you're going to see stuff you won't believe. We're going to do things. And what does Buddy say? Guys like us don't wear sunglasses. I can't. Because he's scared. And because the status quo is comfortable. Fear is comfortable. Doubt is comfortable. Insecurity and anger, comfortable. Being miserable is comfortable. Because it, we know it. And stepping out and be like, I don't know what the world looks like. And that's what happened. God says, hey, come on. Yeah, stuff's going to happen. Robberies, car wrecks, shootings, because that all happens in the games. But you don't have to be powerless. You can be, as one of my friends of mine, we're called to be dangerous for good. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we may not be yep. able to fix the world things, but there's things in our lives, in our immediate, in our buddies, right? How can we love our buddies? As, as we'll play a little clip about what's real here in just a minute. Well, you know, it's called free guy. And what happens to him is he goes from being a slave to the system, I mean, to use that term, and he goes from that to being a free agent, a, an, an active agent within the story. Yeah. And that's what that means. Life doesn't have to just happen to you. And I think most of us believe whether we express it out loud or not, or even have this thought, most of us live as if life just happens to us. But even Jesus said, Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. I give it freely. In other words, when he was crucified on the cross, he was not a victim. Even at that point, as much as he was beat up and whipped and crucified and all the pain that he went through, he did not do that as a victim. He did it willingly. He was free. And that's, and then, of course, out of that, he was resurrected. And that's what's been placed within us. If we're, if we're born again, what's been placed within us is being an active agent, within the story. And while other people think that life just has to happen to them, we're going to look weird because, you know, you don't know where the wind is coming from or where it's going, but you know, it's there. So are the people who are born of the spirit. Like you're, you're, you're acting by an unseen different, you know, agency. Like there's a whole different life that you're living by, a whole different set of rules, a whole like you're you're acting differently. And I love the fact that basically he he wants to help Millie, right? He's like, he's all in. And and I'll and he plays it really well. The whole idea where she thinks he's an NPC and she's trying to, I mean, no, she thinks he's a real player and she treats, she keeps treating him like one, and he's like, oh, okay, like he doesn't yeah. he totally he totally doesn't get it. 
and, and it's well played through the movie. But I love the fact that he wants to help her because she's out for justice. She's out to expose the reality. Right. That's who she is, which also has a lot of insight. Right. She's out to expose the reality. She's doing it from a justice sense, which is good. And so he wants to help her because he's come alive. And she says, well, you can't help me on level one. Right. Right. And and the fact that and the fact that he chooses, it was actually his idea. Like, well, I can't level up by hurting people. She goes, well, that would be unique if you leveled up <laughs> by actually helping people. And what he says when he's doing that, which is the same thing we say when we are in, spurred on in our Christian gatherings to love and good works. What, what he is saying is that these NPCs have value. No one else thought they had value. And that sort sort of comes up with the YouTubers and which by the way, my kids, every time a YouTuber would come over, they're like, Oh my God, that's who I, and they knew who all, they yeah. knew who they all were. So that's another reason they like the movie. Right. And that's what these YouTubers are starting to say. They're like, I never thought about, actually treating these NPCs like they were real people. I never thought about that, yeah. you know, cause they were killing them and robbing them and doing like, so he was, so not only was he coming alive, but he was choosing to do good and, and, and choosing to do good meant that he was treating the oppressed. He was treating people who had been stepped on and marginalized and used and abused. He was treating them as if they had value and that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus did. Like when he goes to the woman who is at the well, he's treating her like she has value. That's what he continually did. And I just, I love that arc of it, that, that he was leveling up and he chose to do it. I mean, again, being a free guy, a free agent, he, he chose to level up by doing good. And he got attention. Like everybody in the game screws everybody over. That's what everybody does and right. dances and, but, and tries to get attention for themselves and yada, 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 and they're fans, but he wasn't out for getting fans, but he ended up getting attention and because he was making a difference for good. And, and I just love that. I, I think we're the same way. We've been given freedom for a reason, right. and that is to be those free agents in the story to bring good to the world, to, to do something good that makes people stand up and go, why would you do that? Why would you do good? I mean, everyone else, anyone else in that situation would take the money and run. Yeah. Why would you help people? Why would you try like that? Why would you do that? Why would you treat people who we thought didn't have any value? Why would you treat them like they have eternal value? Because they do. Right. So acting in this way is very disruptive as we as you heard and as you see in the the movie and it's and it's super funny how everything goes along and it's just an enjoyable movie and so but as you know as we all know as it's predictable guy finds out he's not real he's an npc and he's coming to grips with it and he tells millie he's like but i love you and she's like that's your programming and so he's like, but I'm not real. I'm just a background character. My life doesn't have meaning. Anybody ever feel like that anymore? I'm just a background right. character. Nothing I do matters. And so he goes back to Buddy, his best friend. He's like, and he tells, and he tries to communicate with Buddy the fact that he's quote unquote, not real. Buddy, what would you do if you found out that you weren't real? What do you mean? Pretend with me. Okay, so, uh, can I pretend I'm a ghost? Sure. Oh, do I look like how I look like now, or whenever I die? Like, do I have a funeral outfit on? It I mean, this is a kind of funeral, but even though it's a work uniform, because I got a towel. Okay, let's yeah. move on from the concept. Okay. Got it. <laughs> I'm not a ghost. <laughs> I'm very disappointed, but yeah. I get it. I I'm me, who I am right now. And I'm just trying to help a friend. I say, okay, so what if I'm not real? I'm sorry. So what? Yeah, so what? But if you're not real, doesn't that mean that nothing you do matters? What does that mean? Look, brother, I am sitting here with my best friend trying to help him get through a tough time. Right? And even if I'm not real, this moment is right here, right now. 
this moment is real. I mean, what's more real than a person trying to help someone they love? Now, if that's not real, I don't know what is. Mm. And Buddy is played by Little Rel Howry, a comedian, really funny dude. He, mm-hmm. like you, these characters make the movie in, in, enjoyable with his. So I'm a ghost <laughs> because I think this this clip is really important because. When we become, especially for new believers, when we become Christians and we want to do great things for the kingdom, you can look at the world and feel powerless. But what's real, what matters, sitting down with your best friend and helping him out through a tough time. Mm. Here's the way Paul puts it. If I gave my body to be burned, if I spoke every language of men and angels, if I knew all mysteries, prophecies, had all knowledge, but if I didn't have love, it means nothing. And and here's what he's saying is that we are in a world where nothing will last. We are in a world where, where nothing lasts. It's called entropy, right? And, And that's, that's, scientifically what it's called things die this computer that i'm on right now and we are recording with will one day fart out and Probably not, too to get, from now. not too long from <laughs> now and i'll because it's an old used one um and i'll have to get a new one right things break down my body breaks down right but here's the gift that we can actually redeem what is temporary and make it eternal with love. That's what Paul is saying in that, in that chapter. He's saying, there's all this stuff, now this stuff will pass away, but there are some things that don't pass away. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. But if we want to make our lives matter and make them eternal moments, We have to infuse them with God's love. We have to infuse them with the love of God for something eternal. When we infuse, I don't care whether it's your money, your car, your house, your your wife, your your children, like all that you have is going to go away. It'll just one day I won't be here, one day the stuff won't be here, like all of it will go away. But the only way to redeem it all. Even the things we own as something eternal is to is to use it and to and use it with God's idea, with God's love, and that makes it eternal. So when his friend convinces him, like the kindness and the love that we're sharing right now, that actually makes it matter. Then then he returns back to the reality that that these. NPCs have value. And so his choice at that point is to go and empower them. When you believe people have value, you will not use them. You will empower them. I'm going to say that again. When you believe people have intrinsic eternal value, you do not use them. You appreciate them and you empower them. And that's what he does in this next clip. Are you sick of living in the background? Aren't you sick of being shot at? Taken hostage? No more. Run over? We done with that. Robbed, stabbed, used as a human shield? We are tired of his damn! Buddy! Sorry. What are you trying to say, guy? I'm trying to say that things in this city don't have to be this way. Things can be different. Different how? For starters, you can put your arms down. Yeah. There you go. You got it. Yeah, keep pushing. There you go. Right through it. There you go. Nope. Nope. That feels unnatural. I mean, what about when someone runs in with a gun? Having my arms up is just a real time saver. Except, what if the guy with the gun doesn't come? What? Really? There's always a guy with a gun. So many guys with guns. People, what if our world doesn't have to be so scary? What if we can change it? Millie! How many times a day are the banks robbed in your world? Hardly ever, Guy. 
What about corpses, Millie? You see what? a lot of those? How many an hour? None per hour, guy. What about gun violence? See a lot of gun violence in your world? Actually, that's a big problem, guy. It's a massive problem. I didn't see that coming. It's true, it really sucks. The point is, we don't have to be spectators to our own lives. We, we, we can be whatever we want. We can't all be you, guy. That's not true. What's inside of me is inside of you too. It's inside of each and every one of you. You're growing. I need more in my life than drip coffee. I want to make a cappuccino. A goddamn difference in the world. Much, much better. And a green tea boba. Holy shit! That's right! You go, girl. If I could just make it out past that water, there's a world out there where we can be free, where we get to decide who we want to be, where we can matter. But we have to fight for it. We have to fight together. You guys have always done what's expected of you, but that shit ends today. Yeah! I don't even know what's happening right now, but I love it! And that's how it feels sometimes. I don't know what's happening right now, but I love it. I, I, I know. I felt that way. It's like, I have no idea how I got here. What's going on. I know God's at work and I'm walking in freedom and it's crazy. And I love it. Right. I love the speech. I love the message of empowerment because they say, well, we're not you. He right. says, that's not true. What's in me is in you. And I really wish more pastors would give that message. <laughs> like, like, don't look at me and think, well, that's, he's special. He's some professional Christian and he's special and he's supposed to do everything right or whatever. Like, no, what's in me is in you. Like we're in this together and, and we can together, because when you empower people, the, here's the plan. The plan is not that we bring everybody to a pastor so they can listen to the pastor. The, the plan, the mission of God is that there's heaven within each person who is born again of God. And then heaven goes out to the world. We're bringing heaven to earth. That's the prayer, right? You know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and that means you are an outpost of heaven within you. There's an outpost. Of, Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. The whole kingdom of God is within you. Now, that's a powerful statement. The same God who said, let there be light is within you, right? That's reality. And, and so we have to empower one another and say, no, you can go make a difference too. It's going to be, it's going to look different for you as the barista or you as the cop or you as the, whatever. it's going to look different maybe, but the, the basic principle is the same. And, and, and then along that line, I love how he beats the dude. So in the movie, <laughs> they, they create this character who is called dude and he's not really fully formed, but he's really muscular and he's got, um, he's got Ryan Reynolds face to him and he, he's designed to kill guy. He's designed to kill him. So he's instead of guy, he's dude. Right. Right. And, and so he's designed to kill him and they have this cool fight and dude kind of has him. The enemy has guy on the ground and he's kind of choking him or whatever. And the solution was for guy to put the sunglasses on dude. In other words, the way he beat him was to give him a different vision of reality. And I love that. I love that too. I thought, well, that's important because so often we're dealing with people and they, they're, they're acting like our enemy. They, they act like they have to be our enemy. And yet the solution is to love them because God loved me when I was his enemy <laughs> and right. he didn't have to, he chose to. And so we do the same. We, and so I, I love that part. Yeah. As he's trying to kill him, uh, dude is sort of putting his thumbs into guy's chest. He's going mm -hmm. after his heart. Mm-hmm. Good. And it's really easy to try to fight in our own strength. Like he tried that. That's why he was losing, you know, using all his tricks, his little power ups and dude was just stronger, but it was when he put on the glasses and in, in our sort of our spiritualized version, he put on the spirit of God and gave that to him. When we don't fight in our own strength, but let God fight our battles. God is our defender. He is our stronghold. He is our refuge. He is our refuge. 
when we feel powerless, it's because we know that we're ultimately in our flesh is our, we're weak, right? Mm. I mean, technically we're dead without God. That's less than weak on my scientific medical opinion. (laughs) (laughs) And when we try to fight battles, we feel powerless because in the grand scheme of things, we're doing it in our own strength. But what does Jesus say? He says, love your enemies, Mm -hmm. pray for those who curse you. And that's tough. Yeah. But it's that idea that the enemy doesn't own my heart. It doesn't own, he doesn't own my reaction, my response. As, as Frankel said, Victor Frankel said about the meaning of the meaning of man search for significance. I can't search man search for meaning man search for meaning. He in, in a Nazi war camp, he realized the jailers could take everything away. Every physical thing they could beat him, they could starve him, they could freeze him, but they can't take away his, how he responds. Mm. Like we control our responses. That's right. So it doesn't matter if my wife says something to hurt me. What matters is how I respond to that. It doesn't matter if somebody cut me off in traffic. It matters how I respond to that. Cause I can't control what the world does, but I can control how I respond. And how do I want to respond? I want to, I want to look in the sunglasses. I want to see God's spirit and, and say, God, what do you want? How do I respond? What is where, how are you working here? Because I'm, yeah. I feel powerless. Yeah. I'm going to die. What's, what's really happening, right? What's right. really going on? What's going on behind the scenes that I don't know. God knows it. And, and that's faith, right? The seeing the unseen and, and, that is a huge part of what the movie's about. And yeah, I, I love that, that the enemy was after his heart. But here's the thing, the people, we do have a spiritual enemy, right? We don't have to try to convert him, right? He's, uh, you know, <laughs> his we lot can just, is cast. His lot is cast. We <laughs> resist him, right? And we, we stand against him uh, with the power of the armor, the spiritual armor that God has given us, which is his power. That, that's the only way we can do it because he is bigger than us. Uh, but, but with the people who are acting like our enemy, God wants them in the adventure too. God's not trying to reject them out of the adventure. He wants them in the adventure too. And so knowing that we try to get them, we try to share faith with them. We try to help them see the unseen. There's something, don't you want something more? Haven't you always want, like you start asking those questions and all of a sudden you're making a friend, right? I mean, that's the old adage, right? Right. How do you, because by the end, dude was on their side. He was on their side. He was carrying him and it was so funny. (laughs) Um, But you know, but all of that, all that comes to a predictable end. They, what is unseen is revealed to the world. And I love that that is the, that's the goal of the movie. The goal of the movie, not for the characters themselves, because they get something out of that, but the thing that changes everything in the world is that the unseen, the paradise that we don't know exists, but we want to exist, is revealed. Oh no, something does exist. It it, it is real, this thing that we've longed for. And so um, not to give the details of how they do that in the movie, but predictably, Heroes win. Um, and it's a, it's a comedy. So the truth, truth is revealed Mm -hmm. and the, the change is embraced. Change is embraced. And then there's a great conversation between guy and Millie because he's fallen in love with her and she's kind of liking him too. And then, but now it's kind of, you know, they've won and they're in kissing (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, and they're in paradise together. And, and they have a great conversation, which I think is very cool. Guy, you are dreamy. Your taste in blue shirts and five octave musical superstars, it's deeply, deeply attractive to me. But I can't keep spending all my time with you. I created this world that can't live my life in it. See? Is that so hard? So what are you gonna do? Anything I want. Thanks to you. 
I'm not stuck in a loop anymore. Neither are you. I love you, Millie. You know, maybe that is my programming talking, but, but guess what? Someone wrote that program. I'm just a love letter to you. Somewhere out there is the author. You brought him to life. You brought him to life. And he was alive because he met the one person he'd been waiting for his whole life. And I had to make it realistic, so... I based it off of you, the woman of his dreams. She was the same as mine. So she liked bubblegum ice cream and swing sets. And she had this very cute but oddly specific habit of always humming this classic Mariah Carey track. Like all the time, she would repeat. <laughs> Finally. I titled that clip, Millie Wakes Up. <laughs> Millie Wakes Up. But I, yeah. the, the part that I want to sit with for just a second as we're wrapping this bad boy up, this free guy up, this idea that, like, Guy said that he was a love letter to her. And that idea that God has written us love letters God sends mm. us love letters every day. I mean, that's one of the more common recurring themes in the Old Testament of God being a, a lover, a jealous lover who's pursuing us because we keep running around. He's saying, oh, look, money or fame or food or find all my stuff. I, I, all these other things that I find my meaning in. And, and God just says he just keeps sending the love letters. And that's why I love that. It's like, we, we get love letters. God, God sends us a love letter. He sent us Jesus, who is the love letter. He's like, hey, I love you so much. I'd do anything to, for you to come home. Yeah. What will it take for you to come home? Yeah. So there, there are two parts of that. I love that. We see things in the world, and our natural response is somebody made that. That's what Romans says is the initial spark of faith, is that we see creation and we say, this didn't happen by accident. Just like if I were to come upon a house in the middle of the woods, I would say, <laughs> somebody built this, right? I wouldn't right. go, well, this obviously there was an explosion a Here's thousand some really years ago. really creative chipmunks. <laughs> right? Like... Something made this, someone, something made this. And that's the first spark of faith. It's not a revelation of God himself, but it's a revelation that there is an author to this whole thing. Bigger than me, and I'm a part of something bigger than me. And that's what we long for. And I love what you said about love letters, because the ultimate love letter, you're right, is Jesus. But guess what? We are love letters yep. too. I'm, you are a love letter. I am a love letter. He puts his spirit within us so that we can go be love letters to people. So the people can go, oh, there's an author. Oh, everything you're saying is what I've been longing for my whole life. And like I said, he's put these love letters, instead of it being one person walking around, which Jesus was, that's why Jesus said, it's better that I go away and I send you the Holy Spirit, because now there's a billion Jesuses out there yeah. <laughs> telling people <laughs> about God's love. And, and I, I love that. And I think it's a great place to land what we're talking about because that's freedom. That's why we've been set free. We've been set free to be in the adventure, to not have a life that just happens to us, and then take those choices and choose to be a love letter to the world. And that's what the world needs. More than, more than another election, more than winning an election or a better movie or whatever, like that's what the world needs. It needs a love letter from God. And that's who we are. Yes, sir. So go out and be a love letter. How can you be a love letter from God to the person in front of you? Mm. And what does that look like? Cause everybody's going to look different. We're not all, we're not all guy. 
we're not all, we all have, we have different programming and different, different backgrounds and different purposes. So this has been Paul McDonald and Britt Mooney talking about that 2021 classic <laughs> video game thriller <laughs> free guy. Uh, if you want to check us out, check out our website. We've got all kinds of cool stuff on there. It's at men at the backslash podcast. So you guys have a great Thanksgiving and then uh, we're going to, we've got some, we've got a great podcast coming up to celebrate Christmas and celebrate our anniversary. So you don't want to miss the next month while you're out getting, doing your Christmas shopping and Christmas parties and engaging in the season. But remember the reason, remember that uh, our purpose is to be love letters from God to a world that desperately needs some sunglasses. So hope you guys join us next week here on the Men at the Movies podcast. Something inside has been awakened. I can no longer be who I was before. But if I am no longer who I was, who am I to be? Who am I to be?